Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Anthony Blattner. Anthony, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Hey, Kevin, thanks for having me. So Anthony, please share a little bit uh, with our listening audience as if, you know, you and I were at a networking event. How would you introduce yourself and, you know, tell people where you're, you're st- sitting, standing right now? Uh, so right now I'm standing in Austin, Texas. Austin, um, Texas. It's about 95 degrees down here today. <laughs> Sunny, nice a and cool warm. cool fall day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from New York, so I always like, I don't know, summer times are, are hot down here. <laughs> it's culture shock um, right there. Yeah, but I love Austin. Austin's a great city. There's a lot going on here, both in like the tech and the startup community. Um, and that's, that's kind of, that plays a part of my story that maybe we'll talk about today, but uh, yeah, I'm out here in Austin, Texas uh, on a nice sunny day. <laughs> so, hey, this is your show. So let's, let's just jump right into the kind of the, the business transition story, how you got started, how you ended up, you know, migrating south from New York to Austin, Texas. Yeah. So if I was to introduce myself at a networking event, um, uh, my name is Anthony. I lead advertising at Speedwork Social, and we are a LinkedIn advertising agency. We work with different B2B organizations to create their marketing campaigns and help drive leads for them. Um, That'd be my little elevator pitch. Uh, How I got here is along my journey. I moved down to Austin, Texas, um, way back in the day to do software development at IBM. Um, So I come from a software and tech background, Uh, started at IBM and got to work on really big e-commerce stores where we'd go out to, to these different clients giant brand names and help them build their e-commerce store. Uh, did that for a number of years and enjoyed that, learned a lot, but also got involved in the startup scene in Austin and uh, ended up spinning off from IBM to start my own mobile app development agency. Uh, we got to work on a whole lot of different apps. This was like very early days of the iPhone. Um, so we built lots of different mostly business apps, um, but we got to work with some bigger tech companies here in Austin, some universities in the area, and then lots of startups as well. And what we saw, what I saw was lots of, you know, we did have some companies where you build an app and you put it on the app store and it goes viral and you hit it big. Um, But that was just, you know, one out of many. So for the ones that didn't just go viral and hit it big, you would see some, you would see some with a good marketing plan get on the app store, have a good distribution and marketing plan and and still be successful. But then you would see lots of other ones that even though we built them great software without a good marketing plan, we just sit on the app store and not go anywhere. So seeing how much time and effort and money people are putting into building software, but without a good marketing plan, that could all kind of go to waste without that. So I naturally got pulled into helping those companies with marketing um, from just the natural next step of of the software development process and then helping do marketing for my own company, that agency, that mobile app agency. Um, So I worked on that for a number of years and ended up selling that startup, um, that agency a number of years ago and kind of knew I wanted to get more into the marketing world. Um, I was already, you know, halfway into it. That's right. Helping those startups at the time. And uh, as I got into the marketing world, I, you know, looking back today, I never would have imagined being in the LinkedIn space. Um, at the time I got in, it was all about Google and Facebook advertising yep. and, and SEO and those types of marketing. So 
um, I had done lots of different types of marketing and tried it all. And I remember um, there was like this one account we were working on and they had, they were doing the traditional Google and Facebook advertising, but seeing that, you know, most of the people who are um, going through their Google ads to find them were people who were looking for, for jobs because that's what they were typing in. Mm. And for some context, this company was like a big data company. They mm-hmm. were doing analytics. They would provide reports and dashboards where you would like dump, you know, connect all your different data sources to this tool. It would do a whole bunch of AI and give you some nice reports. Uh, it was a premium tool, so it was pretty expensive. Um, so it wasn't a good fit for kind of just any individual out there and even small companies probably couldn't afford it. So it was more like the mid, mid to upper tier tech companies who would probably be the best fit for these. So we found lots of people who are finding them through Google ads. were usually searching for a job or looking for research around big data. And they were following best practices for negative keywords and stuff like that. But that just ended up being who ended up finding them through search ads. And then through Facebook ads, we found a lot of people were clicking and, you know, Click, even clicking through to download different lead magnets and stuff, but finding that most of those people were not qualified to buy because it was just somebody, you know, clicking on an, an interesting looking picture or just scanning over something. And they weren't, you know, they weren't really qualified buyers for what they were selling, but um, we moved them over to LinkedIn. And within like days of launching the LinkedIn campaign, it was just, you know, immediately noticeable that these leads are the perfect leads. You know, we can target specifically VP of engineering, business owners of these like mid-sized tech companies to be able to pick out those industries and that company right, size right. and just right out of the gate, night and day difference between what they were getting out of those Facebook and Google ads versus what they could get out of the LinkedIn ads. So we moved them all the way over to LinkedIn. And that was like, that was one account I always remember is like the, the very, you know, easy to see difference between those different platforms. Uh, and since then decided to focus entirely on LinkedIn. So now all of our focus is on LinkedIn ads. Um, so we focus on B2B organizations, helping them with LinkedIn ads and their LinkedIn marketing. So when you say LinkedIn ads, are these posts that are that are just kind of popping up on their timeline or are these in-mail messages or is this you know, just direct messaging? I mean, what's the, what, is, what do you mean when you talk about we're targeting say specific roles, specific, you know, um, C-suite in a mid-sized company. How, what do you mean by that? Drill down a little bit. Yeah. So, so primarily it's the LinkedIn ads, which is going to be an ad that's going to show up in somebody's newsfeed there. Right. Um, we do, we do use all the different types of ad units that LinkedIn has. So we do do some in-mail ads um, and then, you know, direct messaging can work for the right type of organization. Uh, it is a, you know, a good one-to-one outreach process that you can do you mm-hmm. know, on LinkedIn using sales navigator. But what makes us unique is our focus on LinkedIn ads. There's not many people out there that focus just on LinkedIn ads or, or who really specialize and do it like really well. Mm-hmm. There's lots of agencies out there that do, you know, Facebook and Google or other types of advertising. And then, you know, maybe they add in LinkedIn on there. Um, but our focus is LinkedIn ads. So yes, we're designing ads. They're going to go into right. newsfeed, uh, usually for a lead generation type of a goal. I, I mean, I, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit and I, I, uh, my confession right now is I hate in-mail targeting. <laughs> uh, it, it just feels like it feels like one of these, you know, the kind of a you, you would get a text message to go, you know, dear resident or dear occupant or what it's like. A, hey, Kevin, I see we're we're in a lot of similar stuff. We thought this would be a good service you might be interested in stuff like that. It just always kind of feels spammy to me. I mean, in, in that particular thing. Now, it's it's much different if it's just kind of popping into my feed and it would be something that I might be interested in. And, you know, whether it's university, whether it's a 
you know, product or whatever. So I, I can, I can certainly see that there may be, and it would depend on the individual who you're trying to target. It would depend on, you know, the service you're trying to provide. But if, if you and I were like stepping on an elevator and we we're going to go up 10 floors, we've got about 45 seconds. Give me your, your sales pitch. If I'm a, you know, potential client for Speedwork Social. Uh, so, so we help B2B organizations get better customers using LinkedIn. Um, that's my five second pitch. That's it. <laughs> we got 40 seconds to finish our coffee on the way. <laughs> then, then I turn around and ask you, who's your target audience? What do you, you know, what are you selling over there? But yeah, very simply, we help you, we help you reach better customers using LinkedIn ads. Um, you know, out there, uh, the advertising world's changed a lot in this last year, with, especially with iOS 14. So just these targeting options are not available on most other platforms where you, whenever you need to target a niche professional at scale, that's when LinkedIn is going to come in handy. Mm -hmm. If you're targeting every business owner under the sun, then maybe Facebook ads are a better platform for you um, versus LinkedIn. The benefit is when you want, when you need and want to target by job title at company industry and company size, those options just don't exist anywhere else. Yeah. Now tell me cost-wise, I mean, when you're looking at a similar campaign for Facebook or, you know, versus LinkedIn, what, what's the, I mean, I, I've always, I've always thought that LinkedIn was, was pretty pricey because you, you did have the, the benefit of being really kind of Uber targeting, you know? Was, yeah. So what's the um, cost difference? So LinkedIn does tend to be a lot more expensive of a channel. Um, you know, on Facebook, you might pay one to $2 per click on the higher end, um, depending on who you're targeting. Whereas on LinkedIn, that's usually about eight to 12 bucks per click um, for a mid-level manager in the United States. Um, if you're going higher up the chain and you want to target business owners at bigger companies, that can be a more expensive and more competitive audience. So you might be paying more than that. Uh, and then if you wanted to go lower level, maybe entry level, uh, maybe graduating students or people new to the workforce for like a recruiting campaign, then those are going to be a little bit cheaper. Uh, also, if you go outside the US, it's also a little bit cheaper there too. Right. So right. that's kind of click prices on LinkedIn uh, on, as an average. And then what we usually see is like cost per lead you're usually going to get uh, is usually about 50 to 100 bucks per lead on LinkedIn. Um, so it is a more expensive and premium platform. You're going to pay for those targeting options. So somebody who's a good fit is somebody who you know needs and wants that precision targeting that LinkedIn is going to offer in a professional sense. And then also somebody who has an LTV, a very high LTV for the customer. Sure. Yeah. So we see a lot of like, you know, premium or enterprise level software tends to be a good fit right. professional services where maybe it's a long-term relationship um, services that they're going to be offering. Those can also do well too. That, that threshold is usually about 10 to 15 K you want to be above that for your LTV so that you know that the ROI is going to make sense. That, that is a, that's a great way to break it down. The kind of this, the whole lifetime value of, of, a, you know, a client that you may onboard of 10 to 15 grand, because you're exactly right. I mean, if you're, if I'm selling t-shirts, that 50 to hundred dollar lead is, is ridiculously high, yeah. but if I'm selling a $25,000, you know, software entry package, you know, that could go up to a hundred thousand. I mean, that that's, that's just, you know, that's couch change you know, exactly. that you're talking about, you know, and I, I would think that the, I mean, is there, I, I'm going to make some assumptions here, but I'm assuming that the ROI on a, on a kind of a micro targeted LinkedIn ad may be much higher than kind of this more generic Facebook, given the same cost. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is like on Facebook, often you can't even find that right person there. Whereas 
you know, on Facebook, people tend to use it for friends and family. And yeah. you might see some people put their job in there or the, who they work for in there, but or they want to target a zip code or something or right. certain often, demographic, maybe yeah. that doesn't get, they don't often put like the very specific job title they have. They might just mm-hmm. say like HR at this company or yep. owner at this company or executive at this company. Um, and it doesn't often get updated where I've seen friends who like, you know, they, they still have their same job out of college listed on their Facebook profile. <laughs> still <laughs> flipping burgers like, and McDonald's. That's right. 10 years into their career. <laughs> um, but, but on LinkedIn, that's, we always see like, that's the first place people go to update when they get a new job or get a promotion or even start a company or even start a side company. So you see a lot more of those uh, additional professional things on LinkedIn that people just don't tend to share on Facebook because Facebook's more friends and family and people just don't tend to do it there. So um when you, when you run a, a Facebook campaign like that, you know, a lot of times you just might never find that right person right. in that audience because those targeting options are just not there. Um, and I'll kind of now get into maybe a little bit of the differences of like, if you're, if you have done Facebook and moving to LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, finding that right person on Facebook, the way it works is usually you give Facebook a big audience and you let the algorithm go find the right person for you. Right. And it's going to do that based on a whole bunch of factors as far as, you know, who is clicking on your ad, who is converting, who's making it through your funnel. Facebook tracks a lot of that um, in terms of engagement, both on and off the platform. That's changing a little bit with iOS 14 and being limited. So Facebook does a lot of guessing and building up Mm -hmm. an understanding of somebody using their algorithms based on how people act on and off the platform. Whereas on LinkedIn, you know, we don't need to do that because we know the job titles and the companies and the company sizes of those people we want to target. Um, so, so knowing that on Facebook, you give it a big audience, you let the algorithm go find that for you on LinkedIn, because, because we're paying so much for every click, we want to eliminate on any of those irrelevant clicks because mm. 10 bucks is a lot to pay for somebody who's not really a prospective customer. And if you're doing that a lot, it gets expensive very quickly. So yep. we try to cut down that a lot and get as specific as we can within a, within a certain um, target audience size based on a, a company's budget. But, um, you know, there's a sweet spot for audience size, but we tend to get very specific on who we want to target and eliminate any chance of unnecessary or irrelevant clicks because you don't want to be paying 10 bucks for somebody who's not really in your target audience. I, I had an interesting experience with, with LinkedIn early on. And I, I think I, I posted a, like an intern job on there and I, you know, I set my budget for whatever the ad ad campaign was. And I think that it ran out of money in an hour and a half. I mean, yeah. it, it was, I don't know if there, it had had that much activity, you know, looking at it and people just kept clicking it or, or whatever, but it was amazing how quickly, you know, it's like leaving your car running in your driveway. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean it was like, where did that money go? You know, yeah, you, yeah it's it more just, like uh, putting a knife into your gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> it just disappeared. It just, it's like, like, it's like a lot of times slot machine. With people, so like, like I mentioned, like you can go very high up the chain and you can target some very competitive and expensive people on LinkedIn. And if a mid-level manager is eight to 12 bucks in the US, you know, imagine what a Fortune 500 CEO's click is going to cost. Yeah. You know, we have, we do see, we ha- I've heard stories of like, you know, on Google ads, certain keywords are like a hundred bucks a click as well. So, you know, not, not that this is unique to LinkedIn, Google has their own set of very expensive targeting. Um, but by default, if you're setting up a LinkedIn campaign, it's going to set to auto bid which you do not want to use because auto bid is like, Hey, we're going to start, you know, we're going to start by testing, but we're going to test a whole bunch of different people, including these very expensive people who you might not really be wanting to target or 
we don't see too much of a de degrading in lead quality by bidding lower. So oftentimes or what we do recommend is bid very low to start mm -hmm. so that you can get the most, you know, cost efficient performance out of your campaign. Don't just let it auto bid and find whoever <laughs> it wants, because I've seen upwards of 50 bucks per click on LinkedIn. And for most companies, you probably don't want that. <laughs> I think it was funny. I probably spent more on the ad campaign than I was going to pay the intern, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's amazing how quickly that money went away. But so let's let's kind of drill down a little bit. I mean, you kind of shifted over to LinkedIn. And, and so, you know, you've heard all these horror stories about how, you know, Facebook or Google might change the algorithm on you. And, you know, you something you, you know, you've got a whole set of best practices that you kind of follow as a as a company that is a marketing company that's helping other companies do this like a B2B service. It doesn't sound like to me that LinkedIn really has that same issue because you're you're almost you're you're targeting this in a in a slightly different way, you know, mm -hmm. as far as the advertising is concerned. So are I mean are you concerned that LinkedIn changes the algorithm? Um you know maybe a little bit. Uh not to the extent that like Facebook you know, Facebook relies on the algorithm a lot. Whereas I've, you know, I've heard lots of stories about how people launch several campaigns every day, just because one of these campaigns is going to hit the rest of them, who knows? Mm -hmm. And they just turn off the other ones. They just, you know, maybe you get lucky one day, maybe you don't because it's just so algorithm dependent. Um, whereas on LinkedIn, we're targeting by these facets that don't change too often. So, you know, people do change jobs and companies, but not not terribly often. Um, so we will often set that targeting and then kind of let it run. There's, there is a sweet spot of, you know, how many impressions per person before you start swapping out creative or start cycling in new offers. So there's things to like monitor and manage there in terms of like how the campaign is going to continue to run, but we're much less algorithm uh, concerned versus like Facebook. Um, I'd say Google is kind of similar in that fashion. We're mm -hmm. often on Google, you're setting up keywords and then, yep. hey, whenever somebody searches these keywords, then I want my ad to show. It's not as not as much algorithm dependent. Um, Google display ads, maybe YouTube ads, those are more algorithm dependent mm -hmm. because those are more uh, the algorithm going to find those people. Right. I mean, I've you know heard horror stories of companies virtually being shut down overnight, you know, because there's this shift on the, in the in the back office of Google or Facebook or whatever, but was there, a, when you first started, and you started uh, Speedwork, what year? Um, five years ago, 2017. Okay. So when you first started, I mean, you said that that you kind of, you know, it's one of the, the accidental tourists, you kind of stumbled into it, you know, because the, the company was, the company you were working with was was wanting to do things in LinkedIn, or you were, you maybe migrated them over, but is there a learning curve for businesses? You know, when you talk to them, do you have to almost educate them on the benefits of LinkedIn advertising or do most businesses just get it? Um, I'd say there's more coaching on the what works well aspect and how to create a good campaign and stuff like that. I'd say people seem pretty sold these days on like knowing LinkedIn's a good platform. Mm, yeah. Um, so I guess it's nice. I don't have to sell anybody on yeah. LinkedIn. Like yeah. people usually when people pretty established, usually when people find us they're they know they're interested in LinkedIn or that, you know, they know they're a B2B organization and you, you talk to somebody about their business and being on LinkedIn and they're like, yeah, you know, my, if I'm serving a, a professional audience or if I'm selling another businesses, you know, I, I know they're going to be on LinkedIn. I think these days it's pretty, pretty well standard. I'd say a few years ago, it wasn't as standard, but um, 
you know, I, I do remember a couple of times when I've been asked and they're like, does anybody use LinkedIn? <laughs> and like, sure. In the beginning, I was like, you know, I don't really know who uses LinkedIn or like uh, in my own personal way of using social media. I've definitely, I mean, obviously working in it, but just personally, I tend to use LinkedIn a lot more these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I do, you know, as a business owner and just being really into marketing, you know, I, I love this stuff. Like it's more common to share that on LinkedIn versus my friends and family don't really care about the marketing side of things. Right, you know, they're sharing right. pictures of the birthday party. Exactly. Or like did on the weekend. Um, so I love, uh, you know, sharing kind of what we're working on and sharing work stuff on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. engaging with it there. And then, you know, uh, after working on the weekends, then I'll use Facebook. <laughs> I, use, I use LinkedIn a lot uh, myself these days. And I'm always surprised whenever we go to size up a target audience. You know, sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'll talk to a prospect or a client and be like, I don't know if we're going to find anybody in this target audience. Um, and then I'm, I'm often surprised at like how many people, how big of an audience we can find out there for niching into very specific industries and very specific job titles and seeing what that looks like. It is interesting. I mean, I, I um, used to be on other social networks a lot more and, and I, I got so tired of, you know, what do you, I'm baking brownies right now. Here's my dog. Here's my, you know, this is this, you know, some social event or whatever. And then, then all the political ads that just kind of bombarded from Twitter to, you know, from Facebook. And I'm thinking, is there a, is there a safe haven here that we can just talk about things that are, are fairly, you know, neutral from political standpoint, but yet are, are meaningful to me. They, they make up, they make a difference there. They matter to my, you know, nine to five, that that's where I spend the majority of my time, you know, and, and, and focusing on that. How can I learn? How can I get better? You know, what is this feeding my soul, you know, yeah. <laughs> type thing. So when you, when you talk to companies, I mean, do you do any B2C work at all, or is it all B2B? Um, I'd say the closest to B2C is like when we do have a company that's looking at target, like, uh, maybe they're selling something to professionals. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like a training program. Like there's a couple that we have that are like training programs selling to a specific type of professional, like a sales training program would be sold to salespeople. And then there's another one that's like helping people publish books. So we're targeting very specific, um, you know, very specific, uh, off, you know, speakers and like different mm-hmm. industries where there tend to be a lot of people publishing books. So when you are approaching a, a company, is there, is this like a, you know, a typical marketing agency where you would come and you'll say, here's, here's the kind of the basic cost of our services, or is it, is it more based on, you know, what, what return we're going to give you? I mean, is there a, is there a percentage, is there almost a rev share, you know, of return or whatever that pays your, your services? Uh, right now we're, we're uh, a retainer model. I'd love to do a, a value-based model. It'd probably have to be selecting a specific industry or a very specific business model that we do that off of. Um, I, I do know some other organizations, um, not in the LinkedIn space, but you know, I know some in like the real estate space that will do a pay per appointment model or mm-hmm. a pay per uh, pay per lead model. Um, and I do think about real estate a lot of like somebody who's looking to sell a home, they'll pay for how many of those leads they can capture right. for somebody. But that's usually when you have like a, like a very templated narrow campaign that, you know, you're just going to hit duplicate and you know, the specific performance <clears throat> that allows you to then do a pay per performance model mm-hmm. off yep. of that. So we don't have a specific, uh, like we don't have one specific business model or one specific industry we serve. I think that's interesting to think about, um, you know, maybe choosing one that we have, uh, 
if we see some show up a few times or be common and, and perform well, maybe that'd be something to explore. But for right now, because we're serving a lot of different industries, um, LinkedIn is just a unique space that, uh, you know, we do serve a lot of different types of businesses. So we do the retainer model. So does the Speedwork Social use LinkedIn to drive leads? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, uh, of course. you hire another agency to do your LinkedIn ads for you? <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's funny when we do have another agency that hires us and we have several other marketing agency and marketing services clients that we work with um, where we're marketing them on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I do always find that interesting. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You can either do it yourself or you can go find somebody that's an expert in it and hire them to do it for you. So, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe they understand that. But that said, you know, there are like different marketing services out there where their clients are on LinkedIn, but, um, you know, maybe the, maybe the service they offer isn't necessarily the best way to get their own clients. Yep. So, Did you see any impact from COVID in, in your business? Uh, actually, a lot of, um, it's actually, increased a lot since then. So both, you know, both just traffic on LinkedIn, number of people getting on LinkedIn more and knowing that they want help with LinkedIn marketing. So we've seen traffic increase a lot since COVID. And then we've, we saw, you know, COVID month when COVID first hit, of course, everyone like hits the brakes. And yeah. On Global your life. Button, yeah. But shortly after that, then people realize, okay, well, you know, we need to be online more. And if we're a B2B organization, everyone knows LinkedIn now. So that's, wow. I think that's kind of also helped people solidify like, yeah, LinkedIn's the business platform. That's where everyone's going. You know, they don't need to be sold on, on the use case of LinkedIn. So we've seen, we've seen a big surge since COVID. Um, and yeah, just more people using it day to day. My hunch is like COVID's kind of accelerated that, you know, digital transition for a lot of people and You're right. really comfortably using it and continuing to work from home and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it has been, has been interesting. So if you get a chance to actually talk to a potential client, what is, what would you say percentage wise would be your actual close rate? You know, if you talk to 10, I mean, and these are, these are qualified, I'm not talking about just, you know, people that are filling out your contact form, but these are 10 qualified, you know, agent or qualified companies that actually could afford your services. It would probably be a good fit. Um, but out of, out of 10, what percentage are, would actually say yes and sign on the bottom line? I don't know what my number is. I don't, I don't, I don't take too many sales calls these days. Usually I'll um, join in on like maybe the second call when we do an, an audit. Well, if they've run ads before, we'll often start with an audit to review an account or maybe to help size up an audience. I don't um, mean you personally. I mean, just speed work as a whole. Speed work? Yeah. Um, when somebody knows that they're, they're, they want LinkedIn, we do have a pretty high close rate because most other agencies out there can just add on LinkedIn as like, Oh, we do all these other advertising services. And I'd say for the most part, Google and Facebook do tend to be the biggest platform. So most, most other agencies specialize in those. And then they're like, oh, you know, social ads, we do Facebook, we can add in LinkedIn. Same, it's a social ad. Uh, but a lot of the accounts that we end up auditing, we can see, you know, I can tell that they took the Facebook approach to creating this campaign based on the audience size and the type of creative they're using. But we often like flip a lot of that on, on its head when we when we create our campaigns. So you know, a lot of people do come to us and they're like, LinkedIn's so expensive and it hasn't been working, but we know our audience is there. So what do you got for us? <laughs> you ever we've built out some, no, go ahead. Say we built yeah. out some advanced uh, infrastructure for creating our campaigns and then monitoring them. 
entrepreneurs, we can help size up an audience and go a little bit more in depth that most people can in terms of, you know, we have our, our standard exclusion list and stuff that we're going to add in there. So we're going to talk through a lot of these things that a lot of people are going to run a campaign and then, um, you know, then be like, oh, we got these consultants, let's go exclude consultants. So we have kind of a standardized template for these different campaigns and common exclusions. And then also when a campaign runs, um, LinkedIn ads manager gives you a little bit of data inside it there, but kind of leaves a lot to be wanted in terms of like, you know, I created my campaign and my audience, but um, there's a lot in there and I don't know exactly who's doing well and who's not doing well. So we can, the LinkedIn API actually lets you pull out a lot more data than they'll show you in the interface. So we have all that set up so we can pull a lot more data in terms of performance out so we can run a campaign and then we can break down and see specific job titles and industries and company mm -hmm. sizes and how all of them are performing um, inside of all your different campaigns. So we can go back and say, uh, you know, we saw that this company size or like the bigger companies are not doing as well. Um, so let's go exclude them. And we can see that a lot faster and a lot more detail to make a lot more optimizations than, you know, another agency who's doing all the different other platforms. Right. They probably haven't built out the API connections that we have. So what, what do you have to do to, to be able to hook up to the LinkedIn API? Is it just kind of out there, you know, freewheeling, just free ranging, or do you actually have to meet certain criteria, you know, that you're going to be a, an agency that services, you know, people using LinkedIn, what, what are, are there any criteria that you have to meet? Yeah, they have an application process. So you have to go tell them what you want to build. Um, the, the ads API is a little more standardized. It's a published API that's out there. So you can go look it up, see what, see what it mm -hmm. offers. And then when you're ready to build onto the LinkedIn API, you just got to register your app. There's a little application process with that. They're going to ask you what you're doing with it and all right. that. Uh, and then you'll get your keys and you can build your app from there. So tell them we're selling all the data to Facebook. That's <laughs> what we're going to do with it. Our company name is Cambridge Analytica. That's exactly right. Exactly. Exactly. Are you going to approve us? Come on. <laughs> That's right. We, we promise to keep your data safe. Um, as we're wrapping up today, I've just got a couple of questions. I'd, I'd kind of like to, to just drill down a little more on number one. I mean, you know, when you look back at the last five or six years, what are, what are some things that, that you really wish you would have known, you know, that you know today that you might just one or two things that you think would be really helpful to somebody that's getting started today? Um, for myself, I wish I would have known to get into LinkedIn earlier. <laughs> uh, Insert shameless say, plug ad, right? Yeah. Here. <laughs> I mean, I always say it's funny. Like if you would have asked me five years ago, I never would have expected to say, oh, I specialize in LinkedIn. Um, so uh, I would have told myself that sooner, but for somebody just getting started, um, I kind of think about, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to give that advice. It depends on where someone's at. I have a friend who just <clears throat> kind of went through the process of um, starting a new startup. And that is like a whole soul search on, on the, like, what area do you want to work in? And what are the options that are out there? Mm. What type of business are you going to start? And for, I find for a lot of people who are, you know, startups sound sexy and everyone's like interested to try it out. Um, a lot of it starts with like, like an exploration process and seeing what's out there. So a lot of people jump in and they, you know, and, and there's an element of like test and fail and try again and other things. But I think a lot of people, you need to let yourself experiment and try a lot of different things yeah, before you can identify those maybe a couple things or one thing, the area that you want to focus on. 
Um, so, you know, I think it's an exploration process for most people and you got to see what's out there. You got to try a lot of different things. There's no harm in taking a job somewhere so you can go learn an industry. If you're, if you know, that's an industry you want to get in and then getting into a job, you know, you'll see specifics into that industry as far as like identifying the opportunities and the pain points that you can serve. Um, so I don't know. That's, that's kind of the stuff that I think about of like talking to somebody new, it's understanding where they're at, what they want to get into, um, uh, one thing I do appreciate about my tech background is like, I can get into code. I'm not, you know, I'm not scared by seeing code and yep. putting pixels on things and getting into websites. I think having a tech background these days, if you're doing anything digital and online is very useful. I mean, it's almost mandatory. I yeah. mean, it's it almost like critical, but I, I mean, I've done this podcast for over three years now and and when I think about some of the most successful people, it wasn't that they came up with this, you know, this rock star idea out there that nobody else was thinking about. It was they found something that was a was a problem and they figured out a better way to solve it. Yeah. You know, that was it was, you know, it might be really boring, but I mean, it may be very lucrative. I mean, you know, one of the most successful, one of the most successful guys that we've had on here is, you know, he started mowing lawns. You know, and then he just kind of went into landscaping. Then he figured out, well, actually, there's a lot more money in in kind of doing the platform around these, you know, these services instead of the, providing the services themselves. And he's he's done really really well, you know, just by providing that, you know, kind of that that like I said, the platform where other services can use, you know, so like a like an Etsy shop for landscapers, you know, type thing. So as as you are helping people transition, like like, let's, you know, just speak to like business owners that are listening to this podcast that, you know, may be considering LinkedIn and as an option. And, and what's, what are some places that, that they could kind of get started, get their feet wet a little bit, you know, maybe work up to, you know, hiring Speedwork Social as a, as a uh, you know, a service provider for them. Yeah. So LinkedIn ads is a self-service platform and I do recommend people to, you know, get in there and click around and um, explore it for yourself. You'll get to see, you get to see the different options you have in terms of as you're setting up a campaign and an audience, you know, it's, it is useful. It's really useful to see what are the different facets that I can target people based on and just getting in there and like clicking around and what kind of an audience can I put together and seeing some of those different options. Um, I think for any business and any business owner is really useful. Maybe you'll find specifics for your business where you're just like, I know that's the perfect type of person I want to target. And that lets, you know, that helps, helps you explore what's out there in terms of, in terms of people to target and stuff like right, that. Right. Um, and then yeah, play around with the options, see what's out there so that you're a lot more prepared if you ever, you know, do start a campaign or do talk to somebody. Um, I think, you know, being, knowing enough to be dangerous is important. Um, Set low budgets and experiment. <laughs> yeah. You know, and if you want to like works. start with an easy, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what's like the simplest campaign I can do to test on LinkedIn ads. And usually it's set up some kind of um, lead magnet based campaign where you're going to offer some kind of download or something, mm -hmm. use LinkedIn's lead forms. And then, you know, someone's going to submit that form to be able to download your guide or whatever. That's kind of like the simplest setup campaign that you could do. So usually start with that. Now, what was that you mentioned earlier when I, I told you my crazy story about, you know, setting the job posting, you said don't auto budget. What was the, what was exactly, what was the word you used? Yeah. So by default, LinkedIn's going to select automated delivery is the, is the actual label on it. But what it is, is basically it says 
uh, I'm allowing LinkedIn to go spend all my money every day. <laughs> yeah, I think I clicked that box. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, well, by default, everyone doesn't even, I don't think the interface is set up, you know, I have things to say about it, but <laughs> by default, that's the only option you see there. And you have to literally click an arrow that says additional options to switch it to manual bid. Yeah. So when you, if you're in there and looking at that section, make sure you click that arrow to see additional options and then select manual bid. Um, you know, for the most part, the interface is actually relatively easy to get through and click around. That's one thing that a lot of people skip over and they don't really notice. So switch to manual bid, and then it's going to it's gonna tell you a recommended bid, and it's also going to give you a range mm -hmm. based on the audience you've selected. Um, so it's useful to see those numbers, but what but that is a big range. And keep in mind, there are a lot of big advertisers out there, a lot of big companies that do spend a lot of money on LinkedIn. So those numbers are going to be big that you're going to see to start yep. with. We recommend um, test out how low you can bid so that LinkedIn's going to tell you a recommended range, but there's an actual floor. So if you type in like one into that field, it'll tell you, okay, your bid needs to be at least 375 or something. So they'll tell you what the real floor right. is for your audience. Right. So find out what that is and then just depends on your budget. If you're looking to spend the absolute minimum, you know, probably bid about 20% over that real floor. If you're spending hundred bucks a day, then maybe you do, um, maybe you take half of the lower range it recommends. Um, you know, I'm kind of just ballparking numbers for mm -hmm. you, but usually we'll either bid about 20% over the floor or we'll take, you know, somewhere between that floor and the lower end of the recommended range. And I mean, if, if you put, you know, if you're at the floor below, it does just say, we're not going to run anything. I mean, if you, if it's, well, it's going to tell you what the floor is and say, you have to bid at least 375 or whatever it does tell you, and you have to put in 375 or right. the campaign. Um, and then, you know, you, you probably won't see a ton of impressions if your ads, you know, when you first launch a campaign, LinkedIn does test your ads for the first 24 hours. So you might get some good clicks those first 24 hours. And if you do have a very high click-through rate, then your floor bid might actually make it through the auction if LinkedIn's seeing a very high click-through rate. Um, that's what every ad platform kind of looks like is engagement rate. So the platforms want to put good ads in front of their own users. So if your ad is getting good engagement, then it's going to promote your ad versus if you have a very low click-through rate, you know, the platform's like, we don't want to put garbage in front of our own users. So they're going to charge you more and get you less impression. Right. So right. it is possible to get impressions with that floor bid, um, but you're probably going to need to go a little bit above that to really get impressions. So when you set your bid and launch your campaign, just kind of monitor it day to day and see how many impressions you're getting, how many clicks you're getting. If you're seeing, you know, sometimes you will see zero and that means your bid is not high enough in the auction and you're, you're not getting impressions, you'll need to increase it. Um, but, you know, also if you're seeing just like 10 or 100 impressions, then you probably need to increase it more than two. So man, I I uh, I love the I just love the platform. I love the platform LinkedIn, and and I think that it's just kind of this hugely untapped potential. So wrap us up today with uh, like who may be the ideal client for Speedworks Social, and then tell everybody where the best place to find you online. Yeah. So uh, most commonly that we work with, it ends up being the tech and software companies, and then professional services. Like I said, you'll want your LTV to be at least 10 to 15K or higher. Mm -hmm. um, and then the people that we see have the best success with LinkedIn have, um, have a good sales and follow-up process in place. Whereas, you know, I know we can deliver good leads and then your ability, your, our client's ability to go take those leads and close those leads is, you know, what's going to determine their overall success. 
So we can deliver the leads. Your sales team needs to be able to close them. That is, that can be difficult for smaller companies or, yep. or like a founder that we're working with. It is, does take up time to go follow up with your leads, have those sales meetings and close them. Um, so that's what I'd say is one thing that we see is really useful is having a sales team there who's going to be working those leads and working them to a close. Um, you provide that as well. You, you work a little bit with founders that don't quite have the back end in place a little bit and kind of guide counsel a little bit on that side as well. Uh, we do. And we end up, you know, we end up coaching a lot on the sales. Right. We don't get into offering the sales service, but we coach a lot on it because we we do you know we have lots of clients who do it very well. So I can yeah. see what they're doing and then you know share that with other people. Um, and there's some founders that are really good at it, and you know kind of the the a lot of you know a lot of founders out there do wear a lot of hats, and you have to be good at everything to be successful. And some founders are good at sales. Some founders are also a little spread thin, so they just don't have the time to do it, or they might even be good on the phone, but they just don't have the time to really tackle those leads. And then we see that those struggle. But, you know, hey, the better the lead, the easier it is to close. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. Well, Anthony, tell people where the best place to find you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Shocker. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the only Anthony Blattner on LinkedIn. So if you go to search for that, you'll find me. Send me a connection request, and we'll chat there. Um, you can also find our website, we, we publish a lot of content on LinkedIn ads because we know there's just not much out there. Mm-hmm. Like as we've learned it, as I've learned it, you know, it's kind of learning by doing and there's just not much out there on LinkedIn ads. There's a ton on Facebook and a ton on Google, but not much on LinkedIn ads. So we've tried to publish a lot of content on LinkedIn ads um, on our website, speedworksocial.com. Go to our blog, you can read some stuff. And then we've been p- posting videos on our YouTube channel as well, as far as like tutorials and walkthroughs. Right things that could be useful to watch. Um, and then if you want to email me directly, my email is anthony at speedworksocial.com. Well, Anthony, man, what a what a masterclass we've had in just the 30 minutes, 35 minutes or whatever we've been chatting here. And, and, and there, I know there's so much more. It'd, it'd be fun to circle back in, in six to 12 months and, and just see even how that things change, you know, because it's a, it's a rapidly, you know, it's a dynamic and rapidly changing environment that, that we're, we find ourselves in. But and we just appreciate you taking time to share with our audience and just really playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Anthony, thanks again. Thanks, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.